0: Hey, friends, welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. So happy to be here with you today. The music in the background is from our good buddy, Mr. Drew Holcomb. Are you guys loving his new album or what? It's called Dragons. And I love that you guys keep tagging me on Instagram and Twitter, telling me when you're at his concerts. Keep it up. I want to see all the pictures. So when you go see Drew live, make sure you tell me. I'm so glad y'all are doing that. And make sure you've grabbed a copy of the album if you haven't already. Today on the show is a pastor that I like respect so much. It was so excited that he came into the podcast studio. Mark Batterson is the lead pastor of National Community Church, which is in D.C., but he's also the author of 17 books, Whoa, including The Circle Maker and Draw the Circle, which is one of my favorites, as well as, gosh, 15 others. He's just incredible. His newest book is called Double Blessing, and it just came out this week. Mark and I got to sit down and chat about it. I just... Well, I just think you're going to love this conversation. This may be a note taker one. Definitely some great lines in here and just some real honesty and some real talk about what God's blessings look like. I think you're going to love it. So here is my conversation with author and pastor, Mark Patterson. Yeah, when you have your headphones on, it feels yeah, real, right? It feels big time. That's right. <laughs> That's our goal, Mark. This morning wow. when I was getting ready, I was like, Do I call him Pastor Batterson? Do I call him? And then you showed up looking Uh, so normal, and I was like, okay, uh, it's Mark. It's fine.
1: Yes, please. Um,
0: For starters, let me tell you what my fear has been today. Yes. That I am such a fan, and your work has mattered so much to me, and I've just never told you because we've never been friends before. Wow. But I've done Draw the Circle once a year, and it has absolutely changed my prayer life. Wow. So thank you for Circle Maker and in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. And I mean, your work has shaped me significantly more than I've ever been able to express to you. So I'm really grateful.
1: Well, that means the world. You know, it's that moment when a book is out of your hands. Right. And now it's in the hands of God. And my prayer has always been, Lord, put it in the right hands at the right time. Right. And he's so good at that. Right? Yeah. To
0: me, Draw the Circle... Circle Maker is a great read. It's important to read that and for people to understand what contending in prayer looks like. But what has happened every year with Draw the Circle is that before the situation changes, my prayers change
1: Uh, in the 40 days. Is that...
0: Was that the secret sauce that you knew you were telling us and well, we didn't know? Well,
1: I don't think I knew at the time. I mean, I knew the significance of forty days. Uh-huh. I mean, there's so many forty-day windows in scripture, but I, I think there's just something about it that it it turned into this. Um, people read that book over and over and over again. Yes, Now I do have to say though, it was there's a little bit of a Jedi mind trick because. Okay. Uh, the goal isn't to get people to read for 40 days, you right. know, to pray for 40 days. Um, I figure if you do something for 40 days, I bet day 41, there's a shot that now you've established a prayer habit. Yeah. And so that really is, to me, the the payoff. So the 40 days is significant, but then it kind of Sets the table.
0: Yeah, that's how. I have a book called "A Hundred Days to Brave." Yes, and I always Does it, say it takes people, longer. It takes longer to be brave to than be to be brave. Pray. Yeah, it's okay. a thing. Yes, um, no, but I always say to people, the secret sauce is finishing because yeah. if you do anything for a hundred days, yep. you have changed your life. Yeah, and so just get to the end. But th- but th- like I said, the thing that blows my mind, and you should see, I almost took a picture of my bookshelf. I should have done it because I get a new one every year. I don't yeah. repeat the same. Draw the circle. Yeah, and so I have the four so far lined up. Wow. And they just are next each. And I know each year, and I put the date at the top of each day. Yes. And, but it has just blown my mind that like, if it was a relationship or if it was two books I've written, I've prayed my way through, withdraw the circle. It has just blown my mind how by the 40th day I go, I didn't know I'd ask for God to do this, but actually mm. what I meant from day one was this. Yes. So he changes me. And as with your building, when y'all walked around and all the things, yep. I mean, it changes the situation too.
1: It does, and that is the crazy thing. And I fall into the same trap, you know. I I wrote the book, but <laughs> sometimes, you know, you have to Dude. go back and learn it. So, so often I get focused. God, would you change this circumstance, that circumstance? And and God is like, no, I'm using those circumstances to change you. Yeah. But that is um, really neat to hear, and. Wow. Uh, you know, it'd be interesting, um, so 40 days of prayer, 100 days to brave, um, you know, h- how many days to nice, or how many days, you know, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> to polite
0: to your neighbors, or right. to caring for someone else more than you care for yourself, yes. right? Yeah, That's the next one we need to write.
1: Yeah, that we'll would stay, be a thick book.
0: Yeah, or could it be like three days, where we're like, just love your neighbor? <laughs> uh, yes. Like, do you know your across-the-street neighbor's name? That's right. what we need to know. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I went to a gathering of women. Uh, that Christine Kane had put on, and she sat us at a table of, uh, this is probably seven years ago, seven or eight years ago. She sat me at a table with a bunch of women. I've told the story on the show before, but, and she said, Annie, how many female pastors do you know? And I said, I don't know any. And she said, raise your hand at this table if you're a female pastor, and all the other women were. Oh, my. And one of them was from your church. Yes. And now I'm on the teaching team at my church. Yep. I'm not on staff there, but I teach once a yes. quarter. I actually teach on uh, this weekend. Yep. And have had a real transformation, even in me, about a woman's role in the church. Yeah. Uh, based on what I knew growing up, based on the Bible, and based on what I see and believe and experience now. Yep. Yep. We've had women on talking about women in leadership in the church. Will you talk a little bit about why you have women in leadership at your church?
1: Yeah. Can I have a little bit of fun first?
0: A hundred percent. You can have all, I, I, this, that's I'm a seven.
1: <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I preached a message titled Remember the Ladies. Uh huh. It's actually from an Abigail Adams letter that she wrote yeah. to, to her husband. Really? And uh, said, uh, you know, whatever you do, please remember the ladies. Yeah, and yeah. So uh, had that's a very lo- DC
0: of you to quote the yeah, old presidents and presidents. Well, lives.
1: you know, we try to do that. Yeah, that's um, right. And uh, y- you know, I think we've got to do a better job of platforming women, and we would be. Here's how I would say it: We would be half the church we are without the women on our staff, without mm-hmm. the women who lead small groups, without the women who lead ministries. And, and here's the deal. We would be half the church without the men, too. That's right. But men haven't gotten the short end of the stick. Sure. And so I think it takes extra effort mm-hmm. to really empower. And then, you know what's so fun to me is uh, our, our lead youth pastor, uh, her name is Brooke, uh-huh. a tremendous teacher, leader. Well, now the girls in our youth group get to see uh, a woman leader being modeled. Yep. And so our teaching team is men and women, white and black. Um, so there's this tremendous diversity that allows right. us as a church, I, I think, to be a better reflection of what, of course, heaven is gonna look like.
0: Yeah, I bet there's some guys listening. I have a few dudes who hang around here, which I love. I love it. And they are just starting to walk this. Maybe they're 31 and they're a new pastor, or they've moved from the youth pastor to an associate pastor. Yes. And now their pastor is saying, hey, go out and plant another campus for us. Talk about why having women in leadership uh, matters to the men in the crowd.
1: Yeah, I think it... um, Well, it, it gives a holistic... Perspective of what life is like. Um, Men and women, we got to be really careful not to stereotype and typecast. Sure, 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 sure. Right. But but the reality is, Annie, we are different. That's right. You have 40% more connective tissue between the right and left hemisphere of your brain. Your corpus (gasps) callosum is uh, far more adept than (laughs) mine. (laughs) I was wondering
0: uh, what that difference was, and now I get it. You
1: know, and for those male listeners, we have 20% more bone density, so there's that, okay? Um, So I believe um, in our culture, we kind of want to ignore the differences or or put it on an even plane. I don't think that does justice to the way that God created us. I think diversity is celebrating our differences mm-hmm. and that's across racial lines it's across gender lines yeah. and and so um women um see better in the dark for example mm. studies have shown this
0: yeah
1: well i sometimes wonder if that translates into a leadership context mm. when you're in the dark yeah you, you might need some women on your leadership team who have an ability to see in the dark a little bit better, yeah. a- and I would even continue push the envelope and say, uh, I-, I don't want everybody on our teaching team uh, to be an ENFP.
0: Right. Okay. Right. You don't you want know? all threes
1: and sevens. And, right. And I-, I think you need. You might need a a six. You might need a if you want to reach all people. You've got to empower. Everybody to fulfill those gifts. That's a great uh, way to put it. If you want to
0: reach all the people, you got to empower all the people. Yep, that's exactly right. That's beautiful. Yeah, y'all seem to work really hard to have a diverse, a racially diverse church and staff.
1: We do. Yeah, and it doesn't happen by default, right? Because especially in our culture right now, we echo chamber, right? And so we surround ourselves with people who are like us. Now, for us in the beginning, we we determined is when we were one church with one campus on Capitol Hill, Uh we made a decision that uh, we would be apolitical in the sense that we're not going to Affiliate with a party or with a candidate.
0: Yeah, you um, have to, right?
1: Yeah, you, you and you have to do that intentionally because we've had some high-profile people attend the church, right? Along with their secret service detail. Sure. But we we add a little element to Galatians three: neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, Republican nor Democrat. Right, right, right. And uh, so, in the very same way. Um, we've worked hard, you know. Things like when people walk in, who is meeting them and greeting them? Do they mm. see anybody like them? Yeah. And then, is your diversity reflected on the stage? Yeah. Is it reflected in the conference room when key decisions are being made? Yeah. And so, we have a long ways to go, but we've made intentional strides, and so. Uh, And it doesn't hurt being in D.C. either. I mean, one of our seven campuses, I think the last time we checked, 71 nationalities.
0: Oh, my gosh. And
1: so kind of all over the map, and we love it. Is it easier? No. Right. Right. (laughs) But I think it's better.
0: I think it's better. I um, am going on tour next spring, and I got to invite my friends who are going, and I was not thoughtful enough, and it's all white. And it has been it has been heavy on me of I don't want to uninvite the friends I think are right for this event. Yeah also yep. How do I fix this now?
1: Yeah And
0: so how do I fix this now?
1: <laughs> well, yeah that's uh, I, I've been in a few of those corners yeah and I, I think leadership, to me, really starts with the ability to, ah, I had a blind spot here. Yeah. Or I missed this one. Yeah. In fact, isn't it ironic that it's not making mistakes that makes our credibility go down. It's pretending that we aren't making any. Yes. In fact, our credibility goes up when we have the courage to say, hey, I missed this or missed that. Yep. When I'm in those situations, I've tried to do that a time or two. And and then the other thing that's so important is my wife, Laura, and I have really tried to have intentional relationship with people that are not like us, Mm -hmm. and that is open our eyes in some wonderful ways. Do you mean different
0: faith backgrounds and race backgrounds and political backgrounds? Like, how do you find those kind of friends?
1: Yeah, and you could keep going. Yeah. Yeah. because I think it's uh, you know in DC it's those political differences that kind of are the highest bar or the highest wall uh-huh. but and probably um, the first wall right yeah yeah yep well I, I think um, when you know someone personally
0: mm-hmm.
1: you aren't as quick to throw stones
0: yeah 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 uh, I'm trying to th- see if I quote this person correctly I was in a group of friends, and there was someone that I had seen online and knew them from a distance online and had opinions on that. Yes, And in the conversation, that person says, you know, distance leads to distortion about what you think about someone. Yep, And I was like, my gosh, I've literally done that to you. I didn't say it because I'm not that brave, but I seriously thought I've done that to you. I've made a decision about who you are because we've been at a distance. And now that we're up close, you're actually... The opposite of all the negative things I thought. Yeah. You're way more genuine and you're way more kind and you you know. But yeah. distance leads to distortion. Yeah.
1: Now, I do wish that all of those played out that way. I know. <laughs> when you got I up know. close and personal, everybody was better in person. It's
0: not true. No, I hope that's but, how you feel after the, the end yeah, of this. <laughs> I, do. Like, I do. Annie was not, she was worse than I thought. She was a Monet. She was fine <laughs> from a distance, but up close, <laughs> she is a mess.
1: Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, you could have it. You could have it. <laughs> I think one of the big mistakes I made kind of out of the gate as a young church planter was I was very isolated. Um, and I'll tell you why, because everybody else was doing it wrong, right? Mm. When, when you're young, you think that's it. Y- you are going to reinvent everything. Right. There is nothing new under the sun. That's right. And so I lived a very kind of isolated leadership life, and all of that— flipped. About 10 years ago, my wife Laura became just close friends with four or five um, pastors' women, Uh pastors or pastors' wives or Uh co-pastors, and then she kind of brought me along for the ride, and I realized, oh, I need these relationships. I need to be friends with Mm. the pastor who's four blocks away. Yeah. And then we started reaching across uh, some racial lines in D.C., So next week, we'll do an event that we call City Fathers, City Mothers. Yeah. And we sit at the feet. Of people who have pastored in D.C. for 30 or 40 or 50 oh years. Gosh. And I'll tell you why, because I'm- I want to do I'm, this I'm so a bad little, here. I'm a little tired of the latest and greatest. Yes. I, give me some good old-fashioned wisdom. That's right. Someone and, who's sat uh, in their
0: job for 40 years. Yes. yes.
1: And so here's what's beautiful, the, the couple hundred pastors. And it's hard to get pastors in the same area yeah. in the same room, but yeah. we'll have a couple hundred of them. It'll be half white, half black, and, and, well, and really a racial mix, but yeah. primarily white and black coming together, and we've built relationship, and now um, we'll speak for each other, uh-huh. we'll celebrate each other. And I, I think that that's how change happens. I think God usually starts with a remnant, yeah, right? Just yeah. Just a, a small group. And, and
0: also, y'all in DC, I mean, you said you had 71 nationalities in one of your campuses, but y'all have like the largest collection of Ethiopian communities, right? I think y'all have more Ethiopian people than any other city in the US.
1: We have one of the largest. And I'm so intrigued that you're bringing that up. Yeah. Yeah, I, be, because... Yeah, you go why. Do you
0: want me to tell you why or do you want to... No, know? you tell me and then I'll tell you. <laughs> okay, my friend Eddie Kaufholz yeah, works for IJM. Yeah. And his daughter is Ethiopian. Okay. And so one of the reasons he loves being a part of IJM that's based in D.C. Yes. And so he has told me a lot, like, this city is good for our family to yes. visit because yep. my daughter sees that there are a lot of Ethiopians in D.C. Yep.
1: yep. Well, I've been to Addis three times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of my dear friends is a like an adopted brother, yeah. Zeb Mengistu. Oh, And wow. uh, planted Beza International Church and in Addis. And uh, our families, the Mengistu family, and our family are like family. And yeah. so, my favorite food is Ethiopian <laughs> yeah. food. Oh, I my mean, I kids, we have a great not. one here. I Do mean, you, you probably have way
0: better in DC, but we have a really good one here.
1: Yeah, and yeah. we,
0: uh, yeah, I like going out. Wow.
1: That was a rabbit trail.
0: I, listen, le- welcome to the podcast where we just talk about whatever <laughs> oh, we want to.
1: <laughs> that it. is what
0: people enjoy. I love that idea of city fathers and city mothers. Yeah. I'm going to call my pastor when we're done and say, "How could we do this?" and yeah. listen to them.
1: Yep. I think that if we learn to honor our elders, it empowers those who have been around the the block a few more times to then empower us and uh-huh. affirm us. Uh-huh. And so we, we've got to get better at the intergenerational piece. And I'm a little spoiled because I have a spiritual father named Dick Foth, uh-huh. 78 years old, oh, wow. and uh, took me under his wing when I was a rookie pastor with core group of 19 people. Wow. And uh, I just feel f- so fortunate to have gleaned from him we all need one of those kind of relationships, and sometimes they're hard to they're hard to find or hard to—you can't really manufacture it. Although we right. do have a wonderful group at our church called uh, Freshmen of the City. Uh-huh. So, you know, we have—I mean, Nashville has a ton of people moving into it all yeah. the time. Yeah. But D.C., we, we, we'll have— tens of thousands of interns every yes, summer. Yes. And so those are the kind of 20-somethings that then we want to say, hey, we want to introduce you to the city, uh-huh. help you grow in a relationship with Christ. And by the way, here's a mentor while you're here.
0: Wow. Yeah. Man, y'all do that for anybody that comes in we and do. signs up. We do. We do. That's brilliant. Yeah, our city is growing, but it's a new thing for us. Yes. Y'all, it is what D.C. has always known, so you have you are leading us in how to do that really well. That's brilliant. Your spiritual father, your mentor, does he live in D.C.? So do y'all see each other?
1: He did, and uh, then moved to Colorado, but comes back and and speaks for us six times a year. Okay. And and Annie, this hurts a little bit when I speak our people don't clap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when he comes back and speaks, he gets like this standing ovation yeah, before yeah, he yeah. even says anything <laughs> b- because he's kind of a, a grandfather yeah. to our congregation. He's kind of the grandpa that everybody wishes they had. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So as we um Grow in the next 30 years into that role in our churches. Yeah. How do we bring someone along with us like he did for you? What does that look like?
1: Well, I think it's first of all understanding that discipleship is growing fruit on someone else's tree. Mm. So my legacy is not what I accomplish in my lifetime. Look at Elijah and Elisha. Elijah performs 14 miracles. Amazing. Right. That's not his legacy. His legacy is a guy named Elisha who inherits a double portion of his spirit and then performs 28 miracles. Yeah. And so success is succession. And I think it starts with that mindset. In fact, really interesting, Numbers 8, it says that the priests were to retire at the age of 50. Now, the lifespans were a little bit different. But but they weren't meant to carry the weight of that tabernacle right. until they were 75. Yeah. Th- they were meant to hand the baton. Uh-huh. And then at some point, you've got to lead leaders. You've got to pastor pastors. Right. You've got to ha- have this mind shift where really the thing that you celebrate the most is people going farther and faster than you did. Yeah. And uh, that's not easy to do because last time I checked, each of us has an ego,
0: yeah, and right. it's so
1: hard to check that at the door. Yeah, but I, I think um, you know it's about in, in football. It would be a coaching tree in in science it might be uh what is it a mentoring chain but it's it's thinking generationally and, and that's who God is yep. he's he's the god of Abraham Isaac and Jacob so mm-hmm. we think right here right now God is thinking nations and generations yeah,
0: yeah. how do you have enough time to do that cuz how do you have enough time to pastor your church lead your family write books be everything that Mark needs to be and adequately pour into and lift up the people coming behind you.
1: Yeah. Well, sometimes I've I've balanced those okay. Uh-huh. But when your wife says to you about 8 years ago, this isn't what I signed up for. Oh wow. That's a reality check. Yeah. I I made the classic mistake of pastoring a church it's growing God's blessing it and then Annie, you know this effect you write a book and you're the same person mm-hmm. but people think you know everything about. Uh, right right and So they then invite <laughs> you to come speak and and I just it might be my personality but I had a hard time saying no yeah and I got spread so thin. That uh, it it took um, my wife lovingly reminding me that uh, if you try to be everything to everybody, you'll eventually be nothing to nobody. Right. And so a few things shifted in my life. One is I want to be famous in my home. Mm. And you can't be famous in your home if you aren't home. Right. And then I defined success, that it's when those who know me best respect me most. Well, that's my wife and my kids, yeah, and so that was a mind shift, and then I put some boundaries in place that I yeah. wouldn't do more than twelve overnight speaking trips because I needed to prioritize pastoring the church, but more than that uh, being a husband and a father to our three kids
0: yes okay those are great that's a great direction for me of just figuring out how do we how do we make sure we're doing all the things well when also we have to pay our bills and yeah. also we have to get our get done what we're called to do, but also pouring into the next generation of leaders, of humans, of whatever. My friend Jess Connelly and I talked about on the show a couple of weeks ago, like, how do we start having openers? Mm. (laughs) You know, because like musicians get to take out newer musicians on every tour and comedians take out younger comedians or less known comedians. Speakers don't ever get to bring an opener. Right. But why not? Yeah. How do we build a world where we start saying, "Hey, I know you gave me sixty minutes. Can she have twenty, and I'll take 40? Wow. And I and love that. That's what I'm. That's the direction we're trying to. I'm trying to figure out is how yes. do we do that? Yep. All the opportunities we got are because someone else said no. Right. Yep. Someone else was not able to do the event, so we got to do the event until we started being the first ask. And now I'm like, okay, so how do I bring these younger men and women in front of these audiences that I am getting?
1: Yeah. And so. I'm laughing internally right now because I'm thinking about all the people who said no for me to get invited. Who is it? Do you know? Because I
0: know my big my big no was Candace Cameron Bure. She okay. said no to an event, yes. and so I got the yes. Well, I thank her for it there all the you time. Go. I'm, Do you know who any of your no's were? Oh,
1: I'm sure there's lots of them, but I'm sure at some I'm sure at some point Irwin McManus said no to something that, uh-huh. that you know.
0: That seems like a good yes. I would have, I would have called you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah that, uh, I'm
1: sure I was the fifth or sixth choice. Uh,
0: what made you decide to start writing books while you were pastoring a church already?
1: Well, it's so interesting. I, at the age of 22, I was in seminary. Yeah. I was just praying in the chapel one day.
0: Where'd you go to seminary? Right? Uh,
1: I went to Trinity in the Chicago area. Yeah, sure. That's where I was from. Yeah. It was convenient. And, crazy moment. I just felt like God was calling me to write books. Now, Annie, it made no sense because I wasn't a reader. Yeah. And uh, in fact, I had just taken an aptitude assessment, uh-huh. and it showed a low aptitude for writing. And so basically, whatever you do, don't write. Yeah, just don't write. Yeah, I. I it is not a natural gifting. Yeah. I have a low aptitude for writing, but he, here's what I did, and I better say this, too, that God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Yeah, and right. and He loves using us at our place of giftedness. That gift is from God. But He also loves using our weak hand, mm. because it's in our weakness that His power is put on display. And so... Um, Without the Holy Spirit, I'm below average, Right, and I, I'm same guessing same. there's a few people saying amen right yeah, there. Yeah, me too. So what I did is I read 3,000 books before I wrote one over <gasps> the next 13 years. You're
0: lying to me. No. You told yourself you had to read 3,000?
1: Well, I didn't. I just started reading. Mark
0: 3,000 books, Well, that's so much. No,
1: no, no, Annie. And I don't read at that pace now, okay? <laughs> but listen, when you're pastoring 19 people, you have some spare time on your hands, okay? Fair, that's and fair. so um and I And we didn't have social media. So what did we do? You How know, many more books did I read ago? before I had Instagram? Um, and, I, and I've, I've, I've always kind of shared this, and I, I think your audience will appreciate it, that... Uh, Listen, everybody can read a book a month. Just put a book in your bathroom. Yes. And then, honestly, some people have more potential than that. Yeah, that's
0: right. That's right. Okay, so you read Uh, 3,000 books before you wrote one. Yeah,
1: and and I reverse engineered them. And I figured out, hey, what do I love to read? Yeah. So I love reading an A.W. Tozer. There's just... Some profound. It's a deep well. Yes. And then I love Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. Because he's going to cross pollinate, and uh, and I love saying old things in new ways. And so I'm, I love reaching into history or science because everyology is a branch of theology. Okay. And so over time, I just kind of figured out, hey, these are the books I, I like, and then. Let's see if I can find my voice somehow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So which was your first one? Was it In a Pit? So
1: it was In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. Longest title ever. A
0: Great book, though. And that Thank story, you. that particular, oh, I just- Oh, come on. That's one of my favorite Bible stories. I'm like, if I could have a crush on a Bible character, yeah. it's him.
1: Y- you know what? Made for Hollywood, right? right. Why has no one
0: picked that up? Listen,
1: the day will come. Yeah, And by the way, I'm shopping a couple of films right now. Are you? And uh, because I put my faith in Christ after watching a Billy Graham film called The Hiding Place. Oh, wow. And so- um, How old were you? I was six.
0: <laughs>
1: and so I went that's home and story. I asked my mom if I could ask Jesus into my heart. Yeah. And so God used a movie to to impact me. Sometimes we have to do things that we have no qualifications for. Mm. I mean, is there anybody less qualified to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem than, say, a cupbearer in Babylon, yeah, right? right? You right. know, um, Yeah, that's another rabbit trail, but... Uh, you know, it's just one of those, you got to have a few crazy dreams that yeah. might take a lifetime to fulfill.
0: So, are you going to shop in a pit? Is so that going to be a movie? So, ultimately, okay.
1: Benaya's got to be on the He's big gotta screen. he has got to be. I
0: just can tell you what he looks like. He's so attractive. <laughs> he's so. I mean, I just. Well, know should him. I
1: should I then ask you who is? Yeah, playing? yeah, yeah. You
0: can. I don't yes. know yet, but you can for sure bring me on as a okay. casting director for all, one role. All right. Because I I just think every time he shows up in scripture, he is being loyal and strong. Yeah. And I'm sure that wasn't 365 days a year, obviously, because he's yep. a human. But he but his loyalty always led, and then he his strength came out of his loyalty.
1: Yes. Right? It's so true. He's the one who remained loyal to King David when there was a coup d'etat. Yeah. And then that's what set him up to become commander-in-chief under yeah. Solomon, because that's who Solomon could trust. Right. It was his loyalty. Yes. Even more than the, the bravery of mm-hmm. chasing a lion into mm-hmm. a pit on a snowy day and killing him. And it.
0: killing him yeah. into a pit on yeah. a snowy day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, tell me your new book, Double Blessing. How did this one become the right next book?
1: Yeah. We're all familiar with original sin. Yes. What's interesting is that that concept traces to the second century, Irenaeus. Yeah. And then Augustine expounded on it in the fourth century. So listen, I get original sin. We have children. I understand yeah, yeah, yeah. original <laughs> sin. It doesn't take long. How old are your three um, kids, by the way? They are twenty-four, twenty-two, and seventeen.
0: You years. have a twenty-four-year-old. 20. You have we, like grown-ups.
1: You know what, Annie? You
0: finished. You little, ran the race. Little
1: little secret, we, we got married pretty young.
0: Okay. <laughs> Let's just say
1: that Laura was barely not a teenager. Yeah, there you go. Well done. <laughs> we met in high school. Okay. And then started a family pretty quick. And uh, I always kind of joke that if you have kids when you're young, you have more energy, less wisdom. Yeah. If you wait until you're a little bit older, you have more wisdom, less energy. Yeah, so that's
0: my goal. I'm going to be yours. super wise. So wise, Annie. <laughs> really exhausted. So incredibly wise. <laughs> my kids um, will be really smart and be able to take care of a lot of things because I slept. Yes, oh, I overslept yes. too much.
1: So I better, I better say this, though, because yeah. here's where I'm going with it. Yeah, I'm ready. Before Original Sin, there was original. Blessing.
0: Oh, before the original sin. Yes, it is the
1: first thing God does. God blesses them, and so this is so critical. This is God's most ancient instinct. Mm. And if we don't, if we get that sequence wrong, yeah, then we don't relate to God the right way. We second guess His goodness. We relate to Him out of fear, and so. I thought this was a book about gratitude and generosity, kind of the two halves. No, this is about rediscovering God's heart towards us. Wow. Now, we have to position ourselves for that blessing. God doesn't bless disobedience or greed or laziness or, you know. But there is nothing that God wants to do more than to bless His sons, His daughters.
0: So there are all of us listening who have felt blessed by God in some way or another, but have also gone like... I mean, so many, you know my story. So many you know my story. I, I want to get married and have kids. Yep. But there are other things I want, too. That's not the only thing left in the jar of questions and things. So when you have something you want that you don't have, yes. where does that meet God's double blessing?
1: Yeah. Well, everybody listening, there's something that you don't have that you want. Mm-hmm. Now, some some are pretty big deal, and... The last thing I would do is make light of any desire that God has put in our heart. Sure. You know, if it's Psalm 37, that I will give you the desires of your heart, in other words, I'll conceive it in you, I'll put yeah. it in your heart. If it's a, a God given desire, then the hardest thing to trust is God's timing. Right. And, and I would even know that God's will is different than God's way. Mm. He works in strange and mysterious ways that sometimes seem so convoluted. And and uh, and I might even mention there's a chapter about um, blessings in disguise because yeah. sometimes what we think is a curse, like say getting thrown into an Egyptian dungeon,
0: right? Uh, you know, turns right.
1: out to be oh the very thing that yeah. thirteen years later positioned me to be right where God wanted to be and what the enemy intended for evil, God intended for good. And you and I both know that those aren't platitudes, Mm -hmm. that this is the way that God works. But when you're in that situation where it's not happening, the the one thing I would say is that you still have to practice the art of gratitude because your focus will determine your reality. That's and huge. It, that's it, huge. It is. And, and by, by the way, that's what Qui-Gon said to um, Skywalker. Oh, uh, uh, is it <laughs> that yes. exact yes, quote? Yes, it uh, is. It's one of our family values, and ever. it's a little <laughs> embarrassing because many of them are from the Bible.
0: Uh, but then also.
1: But then there's that one. Oh, and, and one 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 other family value is actually a Jack Handy Deep Thought.
0: Oh, which but one is it?
1: If you drop your keys in a river of molten lava let them go man cuz they're gone. <laughs> okay? So, y'all have family yeah.
0: values like that? We we do. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we're coming back to that. Yes. I'm writing that down. Okay. Keep going.
1: Um, in psychology, and I touch on this a little bit, there are yeah. upward counterfactuals and downward counterfactuals. If you are always comparing yourself with someone who has something that you don't have, well, you're going to live in perpetual dissatisfaction. That's right. Um, So it really, joy is this art form of appreciating what you have. I I mean, we'll take 23,000 breaths today. Mm -hmm. Every single one is this unbelievable miracle. I mean, five quarts of blood will pump through 100,000 miles of arteries and veins and capillaries, that's enough to circle the earth four times. And that's right in our bodies. And that's happening it's, every single day. And so we're not controlling it at all. We aren't. And so... It's amazing. Come on, let's let's appreciate. And... Uh, y- y- You know, the Jewish people, an observant Jew, would say a hundred blessings a day. Mm. Now, maybe Ann Voskamp could pull that (laughs) off. (laughs) Right. That's right. (laughs) Poetically. Yes, most of us, you know, if we could get three a day. Yeah. And so I, I would say to you and to anybody who's listening, and to myself, during seasons where my 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 mindset gets a little bit off, buy a journal. Write down three things you're grateful yeah. for every day. Don't repeat those three. Yeah. Do it for 40 days. Yeah. And then on day 41, let's talk. Yeah. And, and see if maybe your circumstances have not changed, but your perspective yes. has changed. And uh might throw in one more thing. Whatever you don't turn into praise turns into pride.
0: Mm. And
1: so this is more than just a write down gratitudes. Yeah. Th- this is about giving God the praise that he deserves.
0: Yes. A practice I like to do is look back and go, if God would have done for me last year what I wanted, how different would this story be? And a lot of times I go, oh my gosh, I couldn't have done the things that he, the doors he opened. I couldn't have done if I'd have had the things that I wanted then. Yep. Isn't he good?
1: Yeah. (laughs) What was your first job? Just out of curiosity. Uh, I worked
0: at a restaurant in Marietta, Georgia.
1: Yep. And I was a gas station attendant.
0: Uh Uh-huh. So was my dad.
1: Okay. That's great. (laughs) Yep. And then I was a ditch digger. Really? And then I managed a storage facility. Yeah. I'm so grateful. Yeah. For those jobs. That's right. Because now I'm doing something you wouldn't have to pay me to do it. Yeah. I would do it for free. Yeah. I remember opening a Nantucket Nectar many, many moons ago. And uh, it said, if every day was a good day, there would be no good days. Oh, wow. You, you need a few bad days yeah. in there. You need a few bad jobs yes. to help you really appreciate, maybe even a few bad dates. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, you know. <laughs> yep. so, 100%. Yeah, 100%. I, yep.
0: I think it's when, when we talk about blessings, it can be for people who have waited for a better job or children or a spouse or their health to improve. I have a friend who we're just contending for her healing. Mm. When you are waiting, it is hard. It may be hard to see a book called Double Blessing and go and not just want to shoot a bird at the book, you know, and just be like, you know what? (laughs) But then what you're saying is like, no, you guys, the double blessing may already be here.
1: Yes. Yes. And can I remind us that there is a God who catches our tears in his bottle. Mm, Yeah. He does not lose track. And there's this beautiful promise, and it's kind of where the idea of double blessing actually comes from, yeah. that for each of your troubles uh, in the book of Isaiah, for every trouble, I will pay back two blessings. Mm. There's this That's beautiful... And there are, there are lots of different translations yeah. of that. And sometimes I like going into Bible Gateway or Bible Hub yeah. and just reading all of them, yeah. But it's this idea that then is played out in the book of Job, right? Yeah. Like none of us would wish on anyone what Job went through. Yeah. But there's this moment at the end, and I would title the last chapter of the book "Double Blessing," uh-huh. Because God says, "I will pay back twice." And you know what's so fascinating, Annie, is that in Old Testament law, if someone stole something and they were caught, the the punishment for that crime was paying back double. Mm. And and so why would God not pay back what the enemy has stolen from us Mm. two times? Mm -hmm. And so there is this kind of interesting uh, subplot that plays out. But uh, And I also know I'm the ultimate moment of reconciliation and, and the fulfillment of God's purposes. I, I know it's a dimension that the Bible calls heaven, Yeah, that's outside these four space-time dimensions that we know. And uh, the truth is, I hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard. Our yeah. minds can't even conceive yeah. what God has prepared for us. But I do believe it's going to be a place where God wipes every tear, no more sickness, no more mourning. Uh, we are going to be in the presence of God, and we're going to feel the full force of a God who wants nothing more than to bless Mm -hmm.
0: us. Mm -hmm. So how do you practice gratitude in a double blessing kind of way Yep. and still ask God for what you want? Yeah. And still ask him to change situations or change nations, or how do you still pray and see the blessing that's right in front of you?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll...
0: You're an expert on both those things because you're well, in the books. So no, and prayer I, and blessing, listen, you're the expert. <laughs> Annie, I'm going to say to you
1: what I what I say to our church all the time. As soon as I'm omniscient, I will let you know, but I would not hold your breath. Um, <laughs> so someday we will thank God, I think, as much for the prayers He didn't answer as the ones that He did. Wow, well, Be- sure. Because we ask for the wrong reasons. And in much the same way, I think... We don't know what's best for us. I do
0: not know what's best for me. That is now, the truth.
1: My kids, when they were real little, they thought they knew what was best mm-hmm, for them. And mm-hmm. I and can I tell you what they thought was best for them, eating all of their Halloween candy. Yeah, that's right. On Halloween. That's right. No, that's not what's best for you. Right. And so there is a God who is is bigger and better than that, uh, who always sees the uh the full picture. Um and I totally forgot your original question. <laughs> no, that's it. No, you're doing it. You're saying the, the
0: blessing. How, how do you still pray into things and be grateful for what you have? Yeah, okay. How can you keep asking? Yes. But you're doing great. So, that's a great so
1: God loves it when we ask. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think our lack of faith usually means that we ask for things that really are within our power to do ourselves. And so wow. we've got to wow. ask for those things that then you have to give God the credit. And so let, let's pray those bold prayers, mm-hmm. let's make those bold asks, but here's the catch. God doesn't bless us to raise our standard of living, God blesses us to raise our standard of giving. And so uh, my That's wife and good. I have always kind of played this little game, and it's become a mantra now, and it's A family almost, value. Yes, a family <laughs> value. And I almost titled the book this, but it was a little bit too kitschy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, flip the blessing. Mm. So what we have to do is just take note of where we've been blessed. We had a little offline conversation that we lost our dog a couple of weeks ago, and we were so so sad. But a dear friend sent an illustrated kind of picture book, bedtime picture book, titled Dog Heaven. Yeah, (laughs) you, You have no idea. I mean... It was Did so you just thoughtful. Cry your
0: way through reading that. It was, I would have been a such a mess.
1: In fact, it, I'll just tell you who it is, Esther Federkevich. because oh, I think course. you know yes, Esther. Yes, of course. And so let, let me give credit where credit is due. It How was thoughtful. so mean. She didn't have to do that. Right. But cared enough to do it. So now, I take inventory. I make a mental note. Okay. Yeah. That maybe then I need to flip that very blessing for yeah. other people, and it might not be giving that book. Right. For that reason. Right. But what we do is we inventory every blessing and we flip Mm. it. And and this is the Abrahamic covenant. You are blessed to be a blessing.
0: Yeah. If I'm hearing you correctly, it's you're not going, someone gave me a seven dollar thing, so I'm giving someone else a seven dollar thing. You're not like making you're just going like no that moved me. Yep. I want to choose to remember that when someone else is in a similar situation. I can step into that.
1: Yeah. Yep. And so years ago, uh, someone set up a meeting with me. I'd never met them before. They said hello and then gave me a gift. Well, it wasn't my birthday. It wasn't Christmas. And it was a little confusing. I had kind of this dumbfounded look on my face. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, wise men come bearing gifts. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And so you know what I've started to do? I, I try to Come bearing gifts, yeah, and I don't bat a thousand, right? But I like seeing that same kind of dumbfounded look on people's yes. faces when it's not my birthday, it's not Christmas, right? And so that's an example of just I, I find different ways to come bearing gifts, and I've flipped that brilliant. blessing. But if each one of us found kind of what is our signature gift, yeah, and I would be very careful to say right here that it, it's not just monetary. That's right. That it is you gotta think in terms, generosity is time, talent, and treasure.
0: Time, talent, and treasure. Okay. And if
1: I'm being honest with you, the hardest thing to me for me to be generous with is my time. Mm that's unique. Well, and Lou Malnati's pizza. <laughs> uh,
0: that's your, of but, the two, yours is Lou's. That's my jam. Over, okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Everybody yep.
0: has one. All the Chicago people. Yeah. Either, is it Lou Malnati and uh, what's the other one? Well,
1: and you got Gino's. Gino's, You've got Giordano's, Eduardo's. You really yeah. can't go wrong with yeah. any of them, but-
0: But you don't l- want to share your time is, or Lou's is lose. my jam. I respect so, that.
1: But uh, I would say time and talent are the two things that are really hard to be generous with. And so going back to I love this idea of, hey, let me yield 20 minutes to a young communicator yeah. and give them a platform because Annie, that's that's an example of being generous. Because you worked hard to Mm -hmm. earn that invitation, Mm -hmm. but then you're flipping that blessing and giving someone else a a running start. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm trying. It hasn't happened yet, but it's on. It's okay. It's all the conversations are happening. All right. In the background. Yes. So I don't want to take credit for something that has not panned out, but it is in my mind. Yes. It is in my mind to do that. I love what you're saying because maybe when someone sees the title "Double Blessing," you think God's gonna. God's going to do the Job thing. And maybe he is, and he does. That is how he works. But what is actually the other truth is it's a double blessing because you've received it. Now you get to give it. Yes. And get to be a part of God's ecosystem of blessing people.
1: Should we like interrupt this podcast um, with a story time?
0: Yes, do that. I'm about that. I,
1: I think there's one story in here that I loved. To write, okay, because everybody's heard Handel's Messiah.
0: Yes. Are you going to read mean, it, or do you want to? No, s- no, just no. Tell it. I'll
1: just tell it, and I probably won't tell it as good as I wrote it. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but I, you know, um, Handel. Uh, he was fifty-six years old. He was he was past his prime mm-hmm. as a musician, sure. and then goes into his writing room, and twenty-one days later, comes out with Handel's Messiah. But here's what people don't realize. The first performance was a benefit concert on Easter. Yeah. And he then used the proceeds from that concert, check this out, to free 142 people from debtor's prison. Really? And that's not all. At the end of his life, he left that piece of music in his will Uh to foundling hospital. Now, hospital used to mean hospitality. And so it was a home for orphans. And so that piece of music continued to then fund that um, charitable outreach, if you will, kind of that Mm -hmm. expression of Matthew 25. So here's where I'm going with this. The the first blessing is Handel using the gift that God had given him to write music right. that would bless the soul. But there's a second blessing. Yeah. Then he used the income derived from the talent that God had given to him yeah. to then be a double blessing. Yeah. And I just love that. I mean, that mindset, I, I think we the, the kingdom of God would come and advance in even more amazing ways. If, if we used our time and talent, yes, but then that time and talent usually produces treasure. Mm-hmm. Now, if we then use that treasure right. for God's purposes, now it's game on.
0: I mean, yeah, it just feels like, correct me if I'm summarizing you wrong, but it feels this open-handedness of like, look, it's just sitting in your hands. Now you get to decide, don't close your fist. Yes, The Lord set this in your hands. Now what could you do with what he set in your hands?
1: Yes. Right?
0: Is that, am I reading you correctly? So what does that look like? I mean, I can see what it looks like in a job. What does that look like in relationship? Like how the Lord gave you your wife and your kids. Yeah. What does it look like for them to be part of the double blessing?
1: Yeah. Well... Sometimes you hesitate should you share something, because sure. then you're afraid, like, are you going to lose the reward for it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but can I... It's can up I, to you. You can brag, totally. Can I
1: brag on my wife for Yes, a
0: yes, yes, yes.
1: Yeah, for many, many years, um, we, we have a lot of friends experiencing homelessness in D.C. Really? And we've had a very active ministry uh, to them, H- hundreds of folks that, you know, they live on the street, but we turn... Ebenezer's coffee house uh-huh. into the living room on Wednesday night yeah. and we love them and it's more than a meal. Yeah. It's relationship. Well, one of my one of the things that my wife has done for a long long time and no one would know this, but now they do. Yeah. <laughs> is our family would just make sandwiches together on yeah. Saturday night. Yeah. And I've often felt like you know, I get up and preach in front of thousands of people and you know, you have a a spotlight on you. But it really is about the things that you're doing that no one sees. And I don't think you're ever above anything, and you're never beneath anything. I I just think if Jesus is taking a towel, putting it around his waist, and then washing feet, Mm -hmm. who am I to think that I shouldn't, Take the lowest position at the table. Yeah. And then of course not think that I'm doing anything special. Right. I, I share a lot of habits of highly blessed people in the book. Yeah. One of them is humility. Mm. It's not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Yes. You know, yes. I think C. S. Lewis said that. Yeah. And uh, and not false humility. Right. Because that's as bad as pride.
0: That's right. It's worse because it's it gro- it's a little bit grosser. I yes. Think. So yeah.
1: don't don't think of yourself as anything less than who God says you are in Christ. Yes. yes. You are the apple of God's eye. You're God's workmanship. But then I think it's relinquishing our rights, and that's not a message that is really uh, being preached mm-hmm. in our culture. Right. Relinquish your rights, and then serve people. Yeah. Care care for the. Poor, feed the hungry, visit those who are sick. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it's those things that are—they're not beyond any of us, right? And uh, right. and so I think it's about just being a blessing to the people God has put in our lives, starting with those who are near and dear. Yes, but then also crossing lines to um, people that uh, aren't like us. Yeah, I
0: often say to people like when I think about heaven, I think. Teachers, nurses, doctors, pastors, anybody who commits to a job quietly for a long time, the guy who drives the trash truck and listens to us while he's driving, the mom who raises one, five, 25 kids, whatever, like I'm going to be cutting grass in heaven. They're going to be having seats. You know, like I'm getting to do, I recognize, I recognize there's something faithful about the people who make sandwiches that nobody ever knows. Yes. That, that. I want God to honor them and let me in. Yes. You know? <laughs> well,
1: and Annie, I would just speak this prophetically. May it be a riding
0: lawnmower. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, may the Lord give me a riding lawnmower, but I am more than happy. I just want to get in. I just want to be with yes. him and all of y'all. Um, I just think, man, there are so many people who, when we look at what culture celebrates, sadly, even Christian culture, maybe more than outside of us, celebrates us, you and I, and the jobs we do that are loud and public. To me, <laughs> am I getting my reward now? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yep. But these people who are committed in the trenches to things. And I'm working hard and feel like I'm doing what God's called me to. I'm not outside of what He's called me to. Yes. I just recognize that there are there are a lot of people doing a lot of yep. hard work every day. And, yep. and God honors that in ways we'll we'll never see.
1: Yeah. And whoever no no matter who you are you've gotta do it for the right reasons because it yeah. doesn't even count.
0: Right. If you don't. Right. And
1: so you, you have to live for the applause of nail scarred hands. Yeah. It it can't be about how many people show up to listen to you speak right. or or how many books you sell. You know, mm-hmm. when I, I don't know how you write, but for me, because it's not a natural gifting mm-hmm. and because it's a calling, I actually I take my shoes off.
0: Yeah.
1: And then the way I like to say it is well, I try to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, Second yeah. Corinthians ten five, and then I worship God with the twenty six letters of the English alphabet. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, it's not about, and and for me, a book sold is not a book sold; it's a prayer answered. Right. So it it's so much more than that. That's right. But if you live for extrinsic reasons, it just that itch never gets scratched. Right enough is never you'll enough. never that's right there's
0: not a prayer that will be answered that will ever feel like you're satisfied if yeah. that's what you're living for yep and there will always to me my experience has been when i thought if i do this god will do that yeah whether he does it or not i'm not satisfied yes because it still cost me too much or it didn't look the way i thought it would in the end it just never wins i was talking with a friend yesterday and she said well i'll just pray that god'll change that and i was like there are things i want god to change don't do it on this one.
1: Yes. there.
0: I think I've learned in my four decades on the planet that there are times where I just want him to tell me what's best. I don't want him to change yeah. his mind.
1: Yep. You don't have to change your mind. Yep.
0: Just tell me what's best.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And and I feel like that's a more peaceful way to believe that his blessings that he's given are real and good and true. Yeah. Of going, it's what's best.
1: Yeah. Isn't it funny that we get towards the end of this podcast and we're basically you saying, You wish, we're just getting started, and, man. Oh, we no, are. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. We are toward the end. We are toward and, the end. And we're basically saying, Trust God.
0: Trust God. You know? Yes. And
1: so we we wish that the Lord's prayer was, Give us this year our yearly bread.
0: Amen to that. That's right? Because right. Yep. we
1: want more, more provision than we need so that we don't have to trust Him. Yeah. But the reality is, it doesn't matter what your name is, what socioeconomic status you are, what your circumstances are, it still is about daily dependence upon God. Yeah. You never outgrow it.
0: That's right. Mo' money, more problems, right? <laughs> yes. More blessings, more problems. You know, yeah. th- that's well, really and true. That's,
1: and that's kind of the whole jam that I've said this for a long, long time. Long before Double Blessing, I was saying... The blessings of God will complicate your life. Yes. Now, sin will complicate it in a way it shouldn't be complicated. (laughs)
0: Right. But but the
1: blessings of God will complicate your life in a way it should be. And so, you know, when my wife and I got married, it complicated our lives, especially hers. Well, praise God. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We have three complications, Parker, Summer, and Josiah. I can't imagine my life without those complications. So, you know, be careful what we ask for. Yeah. Yeah and recognize that the reward for good work in the parable of the talents was not an early retirement or extra vacation time. The reward for good work was mall work. That's right, you know? and partnership um, with God. Yes.
0: Which what, what more could you want than yeah. the message? I mean, you know this, but the message version of that story says, uh, the owner says, and from now on, I want you to be my partner. Wow. And I'm like, yep. if one time in all these years— The Lord says that if one time he'll, he says that I've done
1: what a good life. We've gotten to lead. Yep.
0: Okay. Anything we didn't talk about you want to talk about?
1: Oh my goodness. The rapture. I I don't know. (laughs) know? (laughs) the
0: rapture. Yeah. Just explain that one real quick to people, Mark. Yeah. Okay. So then Mark, my final question for you, because the show is called, that sounds fun. Tell me what you do for fun.
1: Oh, you know, I, I, uh, About to run a triathlon, and some and some people would say three of you. Yes, some people would say. um, In fact, my wife would say, "Yeah, (laughs) that would be the least fun thing that I could imagine doing." But you know, I played basketball in college, and so I have a little bit of this sports gene. Yeah. On that note, you know, probably the most fun thing that that books have kind of opened up for me is I love. Doing chapels for NFL teams yes. or for just connecting with, I love sports. I love athletes And so that's so much. a ton of fun. Yeah. Uh, are you I,
0: loving I, your gnats right now? By the way,
1: yeah, you know, I'm a Braves
0: fan, and we went down oh, so hard last night. Did that you see was it?
1: yeah, it was. Um, How it was over in the first inning? How it does that there. happen? I don't know.
0: I was in here recording a show, Should and we walked I? out, and someone said, "Cards are up 10-0 in the first inning," and I was like, "You're that's You're a lying. joke. You statement. are lying. That's not possible. I,
1: I shouldn't even share this." Then oh no, I'm ready. But I, I did spend a little bit of time with a couple of cards players earlier did this you? year. It's you. You're yeah, the double blessing for I them. I am so sorry. No, um, but uh, tell me and what then, it is about
0: athletes that you love so much.
1: Well, I just—it's this competitive streak. Yeah. And honestly, like there's no place for selfish ambition in the kingdom of God. Yeah. And there's way too much of that but holy ambition, you yeah. know, a, a competitive streak that's been sanctified. Right. That really believes that the greatest message deserves the greatest marketing. Yeah. That uh, you know, so I I think um that's what gets my adrenaline going. Yeah. And then I love I do love adventure. And so um I've hiked the Grand Canyon rim to rim, oh I've gosh. done the Inca Trail and uh you know, the the scariest thing, That's Annie, awesome. for me when I wrote The Circle Maker was putting those life goals in there because yeah. I knew that they could be misinterpreted. Yeah. But I think it's some of those adventure goals that gets me up in the morning, yeah. kind of going after some things that... Uh, so I, I would say choose adventure. Yes. And uh, so I, I have fun uh, with things that are kind of physically taxing that are yeah. a physical challenge.
0: Okay. Great. Um,
1: and, oh. Yeah. I share the miracle in this book about after 40 years of asthma, God healed my lungs. Uh uh-uh. Should I just? We, should we just like leave that as like a dangling participle <laughs> You get to decide. yeah out there, but that's
0: unbelievable. So uh, it's the whole story and double yeah, blessing. Yeah, it's the okay. bravest
1: prayer I've ever prayed, and God heals my lungs. Uh, three years, three months, and a few days ago. And to celebrate that, I decided to run the Chicago Marathon. Oh, my gosh. With no uh, inhaler. With no inhaler. And so from that day, July 2nd, 2016, I've not touched an inhaler. I mean, Annie, for 40 years, I slept with it under my pillow. I played basketball with it in my sock. Yeah. And God did what was absolutely Inconceivable to me. Yes. And so that that was fun. Yeah. Well, crossing the finish line was fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Being
0: done. A marathon yeah. is a long way. The
1: 72 training runs, not as
0: fun. Oh, gosh. But, yeah, yeah. Bless you. Well done, you. Um, well, thank you for making time for us. I'm oh. really grateful. You are such a, a pastor I look up to and a man I look up to. So I'm grateful for you being in here today.
1: Well, Annie, thank you. And, uh, my street cred went up a little bit (laughs) with, uh, with a lot of our staff members Uh, and a lot of my friends. So a joy. And, and I love sitting down with people and discovering how down to earth they are. So thanks for who you are. Thanks for what you do. And uh, let's keep on keeping on.
0: Yeah, no kidding. friends. Oh my gosh, don't you just love him? Isn't he the best? If you weren't already a fan, I am sure you are now. Hey, make sure you grab a copy of his new book, Double Blessing. It's excellent. It's just really excellent. I think you're going to love it. And we got to hear that story about his healing, right? So make sure you grab a book so you can read that. And give him a follow all over social media. Tell him thanks for being on the show. And if his words and ministry have affected you like they've affected me, make sure you tell him thanks so much for all that he does. If you need anything else from me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. You know this. Annie F. Downs, F as in fan, because I am a huge fan of Mark Batterson. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places, anywhere you may need me, that's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out and do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. And we'll see you back here on Monday. Y'all have a great weekend.